So today our guest is Lana Robinson. Lana is a former estate agent, bodybuilder, and now spends her spare time riding horses and practicing Pilates. Her business, Regain by Lana Fitness and Nutrition, is dedicated to sustainable weight loss for women, helping them achieve it by maintain a healthy weight. And she's already helped over 7,000 women get slimmer and fitter. She's got a lot of knowledge to share on fitness and nutrition and is a great advocate on how mindset is the real key to unlocking potential. She even put herself through her own fitness and nutrition program to prove it worked. You can find her online at alanafitnessandnutrition.com and she's on Facebook and Instagram as Alana Fitness and Nutrition or her personal Facebook page, Lana Robinson. Alana, welcome. Hi, John. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to have you here. So, so first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, where do you call home and, and what do you do outside of work? So I'm 25 years old. Um, I live in Cheltenham. I've always been in Cheltenham. Um, I was originally born in Worcester because my mum wanted a water birth, but Cheltenham is definitely where I call home. Um, I've got quite a large Irish family, although I've not spent a lot of time in Ireland. Um, and I definitely do love to travel in my spare time. Um, but mainly all my spare time is, is built up with my horses. So I've got two horses that I, uh, keep very fit with one's retired and one I'm hoping to compete this year in some show jumping and eventing. So that's my sort of passions outside of work. It's a very, um, time consuming hobby. <laughs> yes, for sure. The horses take up the time. Hey, so, uh, I'm interested in the horses, but you're also, you're a competitive bodybuilder, weren't you? What was that like? The training regimes and the nutrition in particular? Yeah. So we're going back about five years now, probably more. Um, I started to get into the gym. I really got into fitness. Um, I actually had quite a bad back problem and the osteopath I was seeing at the time suggested that I go to the gym and start to build up my muscles. So I started doing that and I really found that I had a massive passion for exercising and saw some, you know, strength and muscle gains quite quickly. So um, I really wanted to get into bikini and bodybuilding. My aim was to get a pro card. So I was looking at working with a professional coach, having them really whip me into shape, build up the muscle I needed to. Um, I started personal training at the time as well. And this is sort of fast forwarding about a year or so. But I, um, I remember sitting in the sort of training office that we had waiting for my 9 a.m. client. And I was on my second meal of the day. So I was on lunch by this point because wow. I'd be up at five to train clients. And that would consist of mincemeat, sweet potato, uh, broccoli, and a lot of spinach. And so I'd have about six or seven meals a day. Um, and a lot of them were that big. Wow. And it was very, very strict. It was, um, yeah, the, it would change depending on whether I was trying to grow muscle or burn fat. Um, but it was really intense. I, everywhere I went was Tupperware, um, a cooler bag, <laughs> and a lot of water. So it was, yeah, it was quite extreme. That sounds really disciplined, really regimented. Did that drive Very. the loss of the rest of your life then? That, that's um, yeah, I think I've always been really disciplined and I'm always like a throw myself into everything kind of person. So I was really training very hard five or six times a week in between clients as well as then obviously like lifting up the weights and showing them how to do stuff. I was active all day, every day, but I do find it once I get into motivation, I find it very easy to stay motivated. Mm. There's definitely been points in my life where I've like, blacked off and I've been, you know, I've just let things happen, but generally I'm quite a driven person. Excellent. We'll, we'll, we'll chat a bit later about uh, motivation versus commitment. That's yes. something I'm getting my head around much at the moment. Um, so what does your exercise and activity look like these days? Are you, are you still, you're not still bodybuilding or are you still doing a little bit? No. So I'm not built with bodybuilding anymore. So I, I really dedicated about a whole year and a half to doing that while I was doing my PT qualifications. Um, I worked as an estate agent, which was absolutely incredible and really good fun, met a lot of great people. 
Um, but unfortunately, in May 2017, my mum passed away completely out of the blue. Um, and it really threw me out of um, the gym, essentially. Every time I went into the gym, I got quite sympathetic head tilts from people like, oh, are you okay? Everybody knew me and I felt like I needed to escape from doing that. So I stopped training and then I had this massive realization one day I was looking through my camera roll. We were preparing photos for her funeral and I looked through and realized that all of the photographs on my phone from the last two years were of me in the gym. And my sister, I was um, 20 at the time, my sister was about 18 and she had loads of videos and photos of of her and mum mm. and I didn't have any because I had been so focused on getting myself into the best shape of my life that I'd forgotten about things like spending time with my family and my friends mm. and taking pictures of things other than my physique. <laughs> Um, so it just, it put me off. Um, I actually went to Bali for a couple of, um, weeks. I went traveling and just got some headspace and came home and massively reassessed my priorities. And I realized that the way I was living my life was very extreme with fitness and nutrition. Whereas now I have a much more relaxed approach. So I'm much more about everything in moderation. I ride my horse five times a week. Um, I like going for walks. I've got cats and I just, yeah, it's a much more, um, chilled approach to life and therefore something that I can really sustain for a long period of time. Um, when I did stop exercising and just after my mum passed away, I, I did get, um, get, get quite ill. I got glandular fever and I caught a rare tropical disease in Bali. And I found that I couldn't exercise anymore because I physically couldn't get out of bed. Mm. Um, and because of that, I ended up putting on a couple of stone. My mindset really went downhill, suffered massively with anxiety and depression. And completely lost my way, to be honest. I stopped personal training face to face in the gym, decided to move the business online instead because I was having to work from my laptop from the bed. Um, so I've really been through like a massive like highs and lows and one extreme to the other. So life now is all about balance. <laughs> yeah. Well, what a journey. And yeah, I'm sorry to hear you've lost your mom. That's, that's going to be life changing for, for any of us, I, I think. But um, what a, a realization to come to when you went through that camera roll. And, uh, and to, to reprioritize that that's really valuable. Hey? Mm, yeah, definitely. Something that will stay with me forever. I'm, I have probably about 50,000 photos on my phone and I'd say the majority of them have since mum's passed. I always just take pictures of things that I think I would love to look back on this in a year and be like, wow, do you remember seeing that? Or, you know, I am also a real take what's in the moment kind of person. So I don't have my phone out all the time. Um, I do like to look at things um, as they're there and not have to document it. But <laughs> that, that, that's lovely. Think about uh, what you'd like to look back on in a year's time and mm. see. Hey, great stuff. Good. Yeah. Um, so you, you mentioned with your, your exercise and activity. So you mentioned Pilates, I think you do yes, as well. Yes, so I do Pilates once a week. Um, that is incredible. I've got through years of like bodybuilding and also just being, you know, taking my body to the extreme. I do have a few injuries still left over and at 25, mm. it's not something that I want to continue on for the next 40 or 50 years. So um, Pilates is an incredible way of working on the deep core muscles, those stabilizer muscles, the muscles that you use every day, like picking your kids up or picking the shopping up out of the car boot without having to tweak your back or, um, you know, pull a hamstring or whatever it might be. So yeah, I go to Pilates once a week and that just really helps like tick me over in between the, the riding. Is it funnily enough, I'm, I'm photographing a, another Pilates instructor sometime soon. I've been along to a couple of her classes 
that foam roller, my goodness. Oh, me, that's, yeah. It looks quite <laughs> innocuous in the corner of the gym, but it's quite a torture tool, hey? Yeah, it's really good, though, getting into the deep fashion muscles. It's, it's brilliant. Yeah, I've really, really enjoyed it. So uh, I'm interested a little bit in your journey, Alana. So what got you into personal training in, in the first instance? You mentioned you, you uh, did some bodybuilding when you were younger. What, what sort of drove that? Um, I love coaching people. I love coaching and teaching people. I knew I wanted a job doing that. And I, at the time, remember I was like 18, 19. I remember thinking I was actually due to go to university to criminal psychology. And I decided to take a gap year before doing that. And I thought, what can I do? What's a passion in my life right now that I could then help teach to other people? And it was the gym and it was exercise and keeping fit. I'd always been very lean and fit myself. And um, my peers would always sort of look at me and be like, you know, what do you do and how do you train? So yeah, I just sort of got into it. I started doing my qualifications at the same time as working as an estate agent. And now five years here, here we are. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, well done. Five, five years in business. That's a great success. So, so going on to your business, I, I was going to ask you, was, was there a moment that you realized what you really wanted to do? Or was it just that gradual process, as you say, when you're younger, it's, it's finding your niche, finding what you enjoyed? Yeah, I think so. I went through a few different things. When I was really young, I wanted to be a vet and then it was a photographer. And I did that for quite some time, um, like in my teen years um, and almost going into my early 20s as well. Um, and then it was criminal psychology because I thought you have to go to uni. You know, the world yeah. is very like you put you on this pedestal of you finish school, you go to uni, you get a degree, you get a job. And I actually looked at how much debt I'd be in after going to uni for four years and decided that I was damn sure I could make that money myself yeah. by the time my peers came out of uni. So I sort of set the challenge to myself and said to my parents, I want to start a business. And I remember I putting together this PowerPoint presentation to my mum and dad, telling them why I didn't want to go to uni and get a degree and that. why I wanted to do personal training. Um, but they, they were really on board. They were so supportive. My mm. whole career it has been really, really brilliant to have, have parents like that and have, you know, them have my back. Um, but it was, it was tough to make that decision. Um, but personal training is something that I've always really loved doing. So fantastic. Do, do you still have that PowerPoint presentation kicking around somewhere? I think I probably do. I think it's on my dad's old computer. <laughs> I might have to dig it out and see. Yeah, my dad's a very numbers guy, so I remember putting all the facts and figures in because I knew that would get him on board. <laughs> Fantastic. So, um, so your business is a uh, regain by Lana Fitness and Nutrition. Uh, so, what kind of services do you provide, and what what is your typical typical client? How what kind of typical clients do you have? Yeah, so regain actually stands for something in particular. Oh, so it's an yeah, so it's rest, exercise, goals, attitude, indicator, and nutrition. So Love that it. is really what Alana Fitness and Nutrition is about. It's a real holistic approach. It's mm. looking at no extremes, no fad diets, nothing like that. So I work with women generally between the ages of like maybe 25 to 30 um, up until about 50 to 55. Um, it's women who are um, probably have been dieting for, you know, a good 10, 20 years of their life. They've done loads of diets before. Maybe they've got metabolism and thyroid issues and they are absolutely at their wits end and they want to know what they can do long term sustainably to lose weight and be able to keep it off. Mm. So, um, yeah, I sort of think of myself as like the scoop at the end of the fitness industry where people have gone through loads of fad diets and they're like, what is possibly next? I like to be their last option, okay. so their absolute final thing. So the business is really centered around um, mindset coaching, looking at your habits and your routines, why you might do something that you do around food or exercise, um, and then looking at nutrition that's best for, for you and your body, and then exercise. 
Yeah, fantastic. Sounds like a great a, a great model. And, and and habits are really the key, aren't they? So yes. have you come across the James Clear Atomic Habits? I yes. get a bit evangelical. Yeah, I've got that book that, on my shelf, actually. Yeah, it's a fantastic yeah it is. And then this is where the, the, the big learning for me was that so much of our behavior that we think is our free will, we make, we're making decisions. Actually, you made that decision three hours ago with what you put Absolutely. in your gym bag or what you yeah. put in front of you in the, in the fridge. Yeah. I actually, so I really run the business off of something which I call the tripod effect. The tripod effect is the, the idea that, as you know, as a photographer, you put your camera on something stable, which is a tripod. It has all three legs and it needs all those three legs to stand up so it doesn't fall over. It's the same with long-term sustainable weight loss and, and health. So the first most important leg of the tripod is mindset and psychology. So understanding your habits and routines around why you do something, how you can change something. Because without that, you you could have all the knowledge on nutrition and fitness in the world. But if you don't change your habits and routines, you will fall off the bandwagon again and you will do full circle. Um, second most important is your nutrition. Third, last but not least, 20% of weight loss results is exercise. So it really needs to be the last thing to be considered um, when looking at wanting to do a big you know, life journey, like lose a couple of stone or whatever it might be. And, uh, and, and is sleep a big part of that as well? Oh, I sleep. Mm. I, I find I get in a bit of a of a loop of staying up late because there's that really important thing that has to be done. And of mm. course, you're always robbing from from what you could have done tomorrow. Absolutely. And, and my my uh, food decisions and my uh, choices around food and nutrition aren't, aren't very good when I've been tired. Yeah, and it really affects and then it rolls into the next few days and the next week. And then before you know it, you have gotten yourself into a bit of a rut. So routines are really big. I have all of my clients really drill down on their morning and evening routines. Okay. Um, and I'm quite strict on mine as well. So Okay, I don't know if this is a question I had noted down but but give me give me a run through your morning routine then what's what's alana's morning routine yeah so my morning routine is um so i'll wake up to not a uh, loud alarm it's like a very gentle alarm so i wake up to that and i will get up immediately there is no snoozing because i always think if you're going to start the day start the day as you mean to go on so mm-hmm. get up and be like i am active i am on the ball immediately because otherwise if you're snoozing you're procrastinating already you get up to the first alarm, I then feed my cats, I wash my face, I brush my hair, all those type of things. Um, I say some morning affirmations in the mirror. So, and I do a bit of manifestation. So what I really want for the day, um, what I'm hoping um, to get out of it. Um, and then I'll listen to a mindset podcast. So I actually listen to Rob Dial. He's a mindset mentor. Um, so I put on one of his podcasts, which is about 15, 20 minutes while I'm sort of sorting things out eat my breakfast and then I'll start work. So, and I won't look at my phone. I won't look at work stuff, anything like that until I'm sat at my desk and my work hour has generally started. Um, there's several things I could pick out to start for the laugh when you said uh, if you hit the snooze button you've already been procrastinating yes. so it was a, like a stake through my heart so I just, it just, it just disconnect that snooze button I suppose but yeah, but yeah you, you're right set yourself up at the start of the day as you mean to go on hey yeah. it's, um, that's going to tee you up for success uh, loads of good takeaways there. Thanks so much, Alana. So um, I was going to ask you next, you, 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 um, uh, oh yeah, that's right. What's the best thing about your job or your business and the worst? What do you love most about what you do? Yeah, what I love most about what I do is is coaching. So teaching people how they can get more out of their life. Um, I had a call on Tuesday night that I did with all my clients on emotional eating. And one of my clients afterwards, she sent me a message and she said, that was a huge light bulb moment for me. I'm sat here crying because I didn't ever thought I emotional ate. I thought it was a weight loss problem and it was a number on the scales problem. And it's not, it's so much deeper than that. 
And that is why I love what I do, because I get to coach people through things that maybe they have never even thought about before. So it's the life changing results that is the best thing. Um, The worst thing, to be honest, twofold. Firstly, I can't help everyone. So I am selective about the clients that I work with, but also I am just a one man band. Um, I've got an assistant. Um, but I am just the only coach. So, it, it, you know, I cannot help everybody, um, which is a shame because in comparison to the huge big companies that run fad diets, sometimes I feel like I'm just not even making a dent. Um, and then the second thing is that because I'm online, sometimes I meet clients and we end up actually making really great friendships and we end up meeting up, you know, within six months. Um, we become really good friends. Two of my closest friends now were clients of mine back in the gym five years ago. Um, so yeah, I, I guess it's the sitting at home on my laptop by myself all day, every day. Um, it's, although my job is very people orientated, it's quite lonely. Mm. Yeah, I can imagine. And, uh, and it's something we've all struggled with through, through the lockdowns is learning to, to work in a more isolated manner. But, but I want to go back to the, to one of the positives you, um, you drew and you mentioned that one of the things you love is these, these life changing results that the, mm. the lady thought it was a problem on the scales or a problem with her, uh, her weight, but it was actually an emotional issue that was at yeah. stake. Uh, do you find that pe- people come to you thinking that they're solving one problem and there's a whole other thing that's driving the behavior? Oh, yeah. I, I like to use um, or draw a picture of like an iceberg. So mm. the, it, it, what they come to me for is the tip of the iceberg. But underneath all of that is all of the layers and layers and layers of habits and routines and things that have happened years ago. Trauma is a massive thing. Mm. So I work with a lot of women, actually. I mean, everybody has has been through some trauma, but um, sleep is a massive one. Um, and stress is a massive one. And if you don't have both those things under control, you can do everything you want with your diet, but you're not going to lose the weight that you want to. Um, so yeah, it's, it's peeling back those layers. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So sleep, sleep and trauma, I think are two big things to address it. Mm. Again, if I'm not sleeping right, it just clouds your judgment, clouds Mm -hmm. your behavior, makes everything else more difficult. Definitely. I'm kind of telling myself the lessons. (laughs) Taking notes. Uh, Okay. So, um, Let's say we, we've talked a lot about mindset. Maybe let's uh, go into sort of motivation and commitment. We mentioned, touched on, touched on these earlier. Mm. Um, so you seem really motivated and committed. How do you maintain that motivation? And, and what would you say is the difference between motivation and commitment? Um, so this is something that requires discipline and self-mastery. And it's something that you will never uh, get to the peak of, you will always be doing it forever. And that's something that a couple of years ago, um, now I have really realized that even in times when you think I've made it, I've bossed it, I'm a hundred percent on top of my game. There's always something that is going to throw you off kilter. Um, so keeping motivated is, is really key. Um, how I keep motivated personally. So Goal setting is a huge one. If I don't have any goals to work towards, then I find myself getting quite stuck into what's the point of what I'm doing, whether that's something in my personal life or something in business. Um, so I set manageable, achievable goals. Generally, every year at the beginning of the year, I'll do a year breakdown of my personal life, but also my business. And then I'll chunk it down into um, quarterly goals. Nice. And then from there into monthly and weekly. Um, I have a lot of post-it notes stuck around my house. <laughs> so I have one at the moment um, that says, don't get distracted. Uh, I've recently turned all my notifications off on my phone and it's been brilliant because um, I realized I was spending too much time being distracted by my phone and social media and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's, it's, it's great telling you that I did this, just the same turn on my notifications off a while ago and then I had all my friends calling me up angry that I hadn't oh, replied no. to their message on, on WhatsApp <laughs> or something like so I've had to divert back to a few of those but yeah the distractions that's another good one to look at isn't it I mean yeah. if I'm really open and honest that's probably my Achilles heel mm. is I can be super capable motivated committed on occasion but, but my distractions I get distracted so easily and it derails yeah. all of that good work hey how do you manage those um, so distractions, uh, we only use distractions as what's called a numbing tool. So you're only wanting to get distracted because you're avoiding doing or thinking about something. And usually you're wanting to do or think about something because of a deeper reason. So this is where it requires like massive self-work and to be able to go in on yourself and think, okay, what am I actively avoiding here? Am I sitting down on the sofa to watch a film? Cause I really do just want to watch this film. Or am I sitting down on the sofa watching this film instead of going for a run because I am emotional right now or I'm upset about something or I don't want to go on the run because I'm tired. But then why are you tired? So it's it's very multi-layered. <laughs> for sure. And, it, and like you say, it's, it's those... Uh... Those, those other underlying emotional reasons or emotional experiences mm. that you've had in the past that drive that behavior. And it's, it's, uh, it's easy to, to, um, uh, to, to fox yourself, to, to, to tr- uh, trick yourself into thinking there's something else at play. Okay. So changing tack a little bit. So, um, you've got 15 minutes a day to work out. What are you going to do? What I would do personally or what I would give to somebody to do? Okay. Give me both. Okay. So what I would do personally... Um, I massively believe in only do what you enjoy. So I wouldn't Mm. run because I hate running (laughs) and my body's not designed for it. So I would generally do like a 15 minute hit style workout might include some weights um, and I would absolutely blitz it. And then I'd have a complete rest at the end and I'd make sure it was a whole body. Um, If I was recommending it to a client as well, I'd always go down the route of strength training, something that you enjoy. Don't do exercises you know you can't do well so that you're avoiding the risk of injury. So something like I would say pick six exercises, two arms, two legs, two general sort of all body, and then maybe chuck a core one on the end and and job's done. Sounds good. Yeah, the the 15 minute hit is really valuable, Mm, because it's good bang for your buck. Yeah, And in 15 minutes, you can can really get yourself into the red zone. Yeah, definitely. Great stuff. Good, good. Um, okay, so um, yeah, you told me when the when we last chatted that um, your own weight has uh, has been up and down on occasion. Um, what was it like to be heavier than you wanted, and similarly to be to be skinnier, to be lighter than you wanted? And, and how have you found, how have you found that happy balance? Because that's what we're all looking for. Yeah. Right? So my pretty much my entire life, I had always been too thin. Um, I got bullied at school. Um, people used to say I had anorexia when I when I didn't, and it was it was really hard for me to deal with because I used to eat so much and I could never put on weight. Um, and then when my mum passed away when I was 20, I really turned to food for comfort. So I stopped, um, the bodybuilding, um, and then, you know, ended up putting on about two stone in weight and really suffered with depression and anxiety. So massively turned to food for comfort. And I ended up really getting myself quite stuck into that cycle. And it was very hard. I remember one day, actually, I woke up and somebody had invited me to something and I went to try, um, my like go-to favorite black dress on that I'd always wear out in town. I couldn't get into it. It looked awful and I felt awful. And I sat and I cried to my boyfriend at the time and was like, we're not going, I can't do this. So then I started living in black jeans, black top, black coat, black everything. Yeah. I am sat here now in black jeans and a black coat, but. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of just sat in black jeans and black coat. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. And so I put myself through my own method that I then developed at the time. 
um, which is part of the Curvy and Courageous Blueprint, which is a program that I run right now. Um, put myself through that, really got back into the whole moderation, moved away from emotional eating, lost the two stone. And since then, I've been able to maintain the weight that I've wanted to. So um, yeah, if I've learned one thing from putting myself through it, it's that you have to have everything in moderation. Do not do a diet or invest in a diet that is going to take away your favorite things, whether that's alcohol, pizza, chocolate, whatever it might be, because you're not going to never have that for the rest of your life. So don't do that now. Because the problem is if you take all of that away now, you probably will lose weight and you'll feel great. But the moment you start eating those foods again, you're going to put on weight. Yeah, so you have sure. to find out how you can do it by doing both. So, so my issues are under consistency. So um, mm. I, I'm, uh, I've, I engage in intermittent fasting once in a while. I, I do the sort of uh, what 10, 10 a.m. to uh, 6 p.m. Mm. slot. Uh, and I can do that for a number of days. I can fast for a, a day, a couple of days. I think 36, 40 hours I've done, wow. you know, once a month or a couple of times a month. Um, and I can really uh, have a have a, a laser beam focus and a, and a super discipline on my diet. When I come off that, yeah, bring on, bring on those big tablets of chocolate bars. And yeah, we've got some pizza and I'll have a couple of beers. Yeah, and it's um, it, you know, I, I convince myself it's not a problem because I, I can always have the discipline if I want to. Yeah, but there's no consistency. There. Yeah, I think that is a massive problem with intermittent fasting. I do really agree with the principles behind it and the and the benefits that it can offer. However, it can really um, induce people into things like binge eating because you're going for prolonged periods without food and then you've had all of that deprivation and then you're like, oh, okay, I've done it Wednesday and Thursday. Now it's Friday. So Friday to Sunday, I'm going to have the stuff that I want and then back to the diet on Monday. You know, how many times have we all said to ourselves, I'll start on Monday? Of course, of course. And it's, it's just something just popped in. I was looking at your, uh, your website earlier today. And there was a there was a note on there. It, it was a bit of a stake through my heart. The number of calories in the Domino's garlic dip yes. or something like yeah. We, 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 we've been asking for extras of those when we got oh, Domino's pizza. It's shocking. Recently. It's absolutely shocking. I think it's about six hundred or seven hundred. I think it was um, six seven five. I think yeah. In in one <laughs> pot of the garlic and herb dip in the Domino's pizza. So I mean that's that's a whole meal. You could just eat that and have a whole meal. So calories are really interesting because. You could eat a really full nourishing meal and be absolutely like stuffed from it, but it might only be 200 calories because mm. it's coming from like veg and fruit and things like that. Mm. Equally, you could have, you could literally just sit and eat if you wanted to the little pot of garlic and herb dip with a spoon, but you've consumed <laughs> nearly 700 calories. So you've had no nutritional benefit and you're going to be left starving. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting one. I do a fantastic lot. That's really useful. Really useful. Um, so it was, we, you mentioned diets a couple of times as we've been chatting. So what, what do you think of diets, these fad diets? There seems to always be something on the shelves at WH Smith. Some new yeah. celebrities pushing their latest thing that they've been yeah. doing. What's your view? So the way I see it is the fitness industry is a multi-billion pound a year industry. And it wouldn't be this big if we didn't have fad diets. Um, the big companies like Slimming World and Weight Watchers and all the rest of it, they rely on setting you up to fail so that they come back. They're unfortunately, and this is going to break a few hearts, but their business model is designed so that it is cheap enough for, you know, 95% of the population to invest in. Um, it's quick and it's easy. It gets quick wins, but it doesn't leave you with sustainable results. So you then go back to it because you think, oh, it worked the first time. If it worked the first time, you wouldn't need to go back to it. I speak to probably about 20 new women a week on the phone and I always ask very similar questions. And I would say 80 to 90% of the women that I speak to say to me, I've done Slimming World, Weight Watchers, Slim Fast, Keto, 
um, Herbalife, Juice Plus, whatever it might be, but I'm the heaviest I've ever been. Uh, Yet they've been dieting for anywhere between, you know, one year to 30 years of their life. And I repeat that back to them. I'm like, wow, okay, so you've done all of this and, you know, you've probably spent quite a lot as well, but you're the heaviest. Does that not just tell you that fad diets don't work? Because unless you look at something, let's say, for example, you want to do um, keto, you want to cut out all your carbs, you want to get mental clarity, you do it for, you know, weight loss, but other reasons as well. Every diet that you're about to embark on, I always advise people to look at and go, ask yourself the question, could I do this for the rest of my life? That's a really good question, hey? Because if you say no, then don't do it. Don't even bother going anywhere near it. Because one thing that's really important with the body is that if you yo-yo back and forth, you lose weight and gain weight, the more you do it, the harder it is going to be next time to lose weight. And also the more you're building up those neurological pathways that the more you do something, the more you're failing at it. So therefore you can't do it. Mm-hmm. So you should go for the, go for the, um, you know, straight away. Like, right. <laughs> and, and, what, and what about a, what a, what a variety? Do you tend to eat a pretty fixed diet? Alana, do you have things that you eat sort of on a Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday? How, how do you manage um, that? I, or do you just have a, a, a big pick and mix of all the ingredients that make a good diet? Yeah. I, so I food shop every week cause I like to get fresh fruit and veg in. Um, but my freezer is always full of two, um, batch cooked meals, which is usually okay. something like I've made a big beef stew with lots of, um, vegetables in, and then I'll do a big batch of mashed sweet potato, put it together. And that's one meal. Mm. And then the other one is, um, minced meat. Cause then I know I can have it with anything. I could put a half packet of rice in, I could have it with a bit of potato, whatever it might be. So those are my go-to that's always in my freezer. Mm. Um, and then other than that, I generally, I'll always have like fish once or twice a week. Um, I'll always have a a cheat night once a week with my friends. So we come around. So at the moment I'm really into, um, vegetable lasagna. Um, there's a local place by us called cook that, um, is, uh, all sort of like sustainable ingredients. There's no, you know, nasties in it. Um, it's much better than buying sort of a takeaway from the supermarket, um, so I have a couple of those in the freezer and that's what I have with my friends. Great stuff. So they, that's your cheat night. I, mean, I, love that yeah. your, I love that your cheat night is a vegetable lasagna. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it might be a pizza. Um, yeah. You know, th- like I'm a normal person, so I yeah. do still have takeaways and things and everything in moderation. Mm-hmm. Um, my real guilty pleasure, if I'm honest, is chocolate. And okay. also salt and vinegar Pringles. Salt I've and got a tube Pringles. in my car outside. <laughs> it's my go-to, um, as well as other stuff. But like in the morning, I'll have porridge, blueberries, honey, and flax seeds. I'll then usually have a piece of fruit mid-morning. My lunch is always like a um, a hot lunch. Okay. I find if I have a cold lunch, I get hungry. So oh, I know what I'll usually do is whatever I'm having for dinner, I will cook double so I have it the next day. Great, great, good. Well, you, you've ticked off the secret guilty pleasure, the, the salt and vinegar Pringles yeah. in the, uh, the box of the car. Um, here's one for you. Have you got any book recommendations? Anything that you read? You said you had a lot of coaching. Any, anything that you've got by your bedside table that is, uh, that's uh, giving you some good tips? Um, so one for me personally that I do go back to over the years has been a book called Relentless by Tim S. Grover um, or Grosvenor. I can't remember which one it is, but he, it's an awesome book. So he was a coach for the likes of Kobe Bryant. Um, so big, um, huge basketball name play, um, basketball names. And the book that he's written is all about how 
these guys had to have a completely relentless mindset Mm. to get to where they wanted to be. And he tells stories about these basketball players and the stuff that he's seen and the people that he's come across. And he sort of categorized people into three. So you have um, cleaners, closers, and um, something else. So it's the idea behind that, you know, you could have a huge building, like huge multi-million dollar company, but who in that building has the key to every single door? The cleaner. The cleaner, yeah. of course. So if you want to be a cleaner and be great at, you know, everything in your life, you've got to have a relentless mindset. And it's just, it really put, for that book, for me personally, really puts things into perspective. Every time I read it, it really motivates me. Great stuff. I shall stick that on my reading list. That sounds like a great one. Um, so yeah, you mentioned almost earlier on, just to go back to something you said at the start, you, you were almost a photographer. What, what was mm, that like? Yeah, um, I, I really, really wanted to be a photographer. I had a really great camera, spent all my savings on it. I, it was a um, Canon D, I think. Yeah, great. Um, great yeah, and it was absolutely brilliant. Um, and I really, I really loved, so I've always been into horses. So at the start, I just started off with taking pictures of my friends on their horses and jumping and things. Um, and then I moved more into portraiture. Um, so I did, uh, my, that was what my A-levels were in was photography. Um, and yeah, I really, I really wanted to do that. I did an um, intern at Super Dry and worked for a couple of people doing a bit of photography, bits and bobs. Um, my mum used to do photography and she was a photographer in London at one point. So I think that's probably where it came from. And yeah, it's definitely it. a, like an alter ego side path that I really would have loved to go down. Um, but here I am. <laughs> if you get a day fee from the 7,000 women that you're helping losing yeah. weight, I'll get you along as my assistant yeah. in the studio Definitely. Okay, great. A question I've got to ask you, because you mentioned you, you've always been disciplined. How, how do you tend to organize your day? You've given as your morning ritual. Do, do you structure the rest of your day quite, quite in a regimented way, or are you quite relaxed about your schedule? Um, it's quite... At the moment, it's really structured because I'm going through um, a bit of changes with just how my business runs in general. Um, But I can go through periods where it's less structured. Um, Generally, I'll always make sure that I um, have two evenings a week that I don't work. I never work on the weekends apart from for two hours on a Sunday evening when I need to prep for the week. Um, That's just a rule I've had in place for years because otherwise you end up working all the time. Um, and then with the horses, which is only something I've had in the last sort of year and a bit, um, they take about two and a half hours a day. So I do have to schedule that in to then make sure that I do stuff around it. Um, obviously that's my exercise time as well, but I feel like a schedule really helps you keep motivated and has something to look forward to. So I've pretty much always been a scheduling kind of person. <laughs> I, I love that you don't work at all at the weekends and you, yeah. you, you, uh, you ring fence that time. That's really important. Hey? Yeah. When, you, when you've told me about uh, you know, the, the scale of your business and how many people you're helping, how many calls a day you're getting through, it would be very easy just to say you, you, you're always on, you're always yeah. available. And I did that and it made yeah. me ill. And, you know, that's, that's how I ended up becoming poorly from being a PT in the gym was I was waking up at five and I wasn't getting home until 10, 11 o'clock at night after training clients, locking up at the gym, prepping my food for the next day. You wake up and do it all again. You get to the point where you're like, you know, you live off of this, um, what's called masculine energy. So you have two different types of energy. You have female and well, divine feminine and masculine, and it's not gender specific. Okay. It's just that divine feminine energy is this real calm. Um, everything comes from a place of sort of like, um, very Zen and love. And it's all of that type of thing. Whereas masculine energy is, um, ego driven. So it's like goal setting, goal driving. I've got to go out. I've got to stick to a schedule. I've got to do this. 
we cannot survive in both in, in one or the other. You have to be okay. in both. And so the aim that people should have is that you ebb and flow throughout the day of this masculine and feminine energy. So you wake up and you're like, okay, what am I going to do? And then over lunchtime, you have half an hour downtime to yourself. You relax, you listen to a, you know, a book, you go for a walk. And then in the afternoon, you go back into it. So it's really important because if you lived in just masculine energy, you'd make yourself chronically ill. Equally, if you were just in divine feminine energy, you're never going to get anything done. So <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a wonderful mix. Okay. Oh, that's a new one for me. Divine, feminine, and masculine mm. energy. I'm going to read up on that because that sounds like a, yeah. that's something I need to be more aware of. Okay. Um, I'm going to go to a few questions I picked off, uh, off other people's um, uh, podcast here. So how has a failure or an apparent failure set you up for later success? And, and do you have a favorite failure? <laughs> so... I've got loads, loads <laughs> of failures. I, I teach my clients to fail forwards. We have something called fail forward Fridays where I get people to think about how they failed this week and how they can use it as a something forward. Um, I listened to something this morning actually that said 99% of the time you fail yeah. to succeed. You only have to do it 1% of the time. So failure is part of the process and it's definitely set me up for, for later success. One of the biggest ones I suppose was... When after my mum passed and when I got poorly, I um, very quickly, obviously I wasn't working for a couple of months. I was bed bound. It was all terrible. And suddenly all of my savings had gone and okay. I had to go to my dad to borrow money. And he very kindly lent me a lot of money to get my business like back on track and myself kickstarted. But for me, that was at the time like a huge failure. I felt like everything I'd been working for for the last couple of years had gone down the pan. But now I look back on it. And how I grew my business and set myself up to where I am now and the amount of people that I've helped within the last couple of years alone, I look back at that and I'm like, that was a freaking good failure. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. And, and, and it's, uh, it takes a lot of courage, hey, to go and say mm. to someone, look, I've screwed up. I, I, yeah. I've got a problem here and I need some help. That's, again, you know, like I said earlier, for, for me personally, consistency is a thing. And, mm. and this thing of, of asking for help yeah. is it's massive for, for me, I think. I've just got a young lad who started to assist me in the studio now. And it's been a complete game changer. I, yeah. I was so worried about getting someone else involved. I was running all these kinds of scripts, like I'm not organized enough myself to get other people involved. You know, my systems aren't in place. You're going to come in here and say, well, how the hell do you do anything? And in fact, it's, it's already, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's just been really valuable. Yeah. Been really valuable but, Brilliant. And yeah. I love that you just shared that because I really try and live by a principle in my life, which is um, ready, fire, aim. So instead yes. of ready, aim, fire, get ready, fire, and then sort the rest will sort itself out. Okay. Um, because we do procrastinate as human beings. We are constantly trying to make sure that everything is perfect before we do the end part. Yes. So if you can live by ready, a uh, ready fire aim, then it's going to be much more successful for you that way around. So fantastic. Well, lessons for me and I hope the rest of uh, the, anyone who's listening to the, the podcast today. Um, I think we've covered a couple of the other things. Um, a couple of little ones to finish off. What advice would you give to your younger self? You've got, a, you know, you've got an 18 year old or a 16 year old and Alana. What advice do you have for that young girl? Everything will be okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I worry way too much. Mm. And then I always look back and go, yeah, I'm still here. And I bossed it. And I think if I could just shake my younger self and say, right now, you are doing the best you can with what you've been given. 
because if you were to have done it any better, you would have. Mm-hmm. And that's actually um, quite a, f- a famous quote. I um, can't remember who it's from now, but it's really, really important to yeah tell yourself that on a daily basis so if i could go back to my younger self that's what i'd say they're fantastic fantastic it is because it is always all going to be okay yeah What's the one i heard the other day if it's uh it's all okay in the end and if it's not okay it's not it's the not end. the end yes <laughs> brilliant i love that so um and then the, the last one what what advice would you give to your older self you got alana 20 years in the future what are you going to tell that person there um make sure to continue to make time for yourself I can get very wrapped up in um, like helping other people, growing my business, whatever else it might be. And it's hard to find a balance of like work and play. Last year was a bit too much play for me. And I think this year is probably going to be a bit too much work again. Um, But it's important because at the end of the day, you know, to be morbid when you're on your deathbed at the last minute, you don't look back and go, I wish I'd worked more. You know, you Mm. look back and go, I wish I had been my true authentic self. Mm. I wish I had spent more time with family and friends. I wish I had taken that trip abroad that I wanted to. Mm. So, yeah. (laughs) Wonderful, Alana. Thank you so much. I I think we'll wrap it there. Uh, Again, for anyone who wants to find Alana on Facebook and Instagram, she's an Alana Fitness and Nutrition or her personal Facebook page, Alana Robinson. Uh, And she's Alana Fitness and Nutrition. Oh, sorry. Alana Fitness Nutrition.com. Uh, thanks very much, Lana. It's been wonderful to Thank have you. Thank you so Thank much you so for having much. me. I've really enjoyed it. It's Point. been absolutely brilliant. Thank you. We'll see you again. <laughs>